Good evening. Greetings, blessings to each one this evening. John asked me to have this topic. I had um, two different feelings, a little bit of mixed feelings, I guess. On the one side, it's very easy and enjoyable for me to talk about Kenya. On the other side, um, I knew that this topic would be a lot of stories and that most of these stories would be about our family and about myself. And I guess I didn't really care for that aspect of it, uh, standing up here for a while and talking about myself and about our family. So I guess that was kind of the downside of it. Also, <clears throat> I know that a number of you have heard at least some or many of these stories already. And I don't want to bore you, um, but yeah, just a warning. There could be some repeats that you may have heard already. Um, hopefully, it's been long enough ago that you've heard them, but uh, yeah, it won't be too boring for you. Also, uh, I know that in this congregation, there's a number of you that have served on the foreign field with your families, and I would welcome uh, stories, input, perspectives from you as well. So uh, maybe towards the end, I may give some opportunity for that. <clears throat> for a few verses to start off, turn with me to Luke chapter 17. I felt that um, this passage here gave a, uh, a good perspective to the topic and to the time that we spent uh, serving in Kenya. And uh, here Jesus was talking with his disciples and uh, giving them a lot of teaching. And then Luke 17, verse 5, And the apostles, apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto the sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him by and by when he is come from the field, Go and sit down to meet. And will not rather say unto him, Make ready <clears throat> wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself and serve me, till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all these things which are commanded you, say, We are unprofitable servants, we have done that which is that which was our duty to do. <clears throat> so I guess that's the perspective that I want to maintain. Um 
as, as we talk about the stories, experiences, various things that uh, came to us in our few years in Kenya, I want this to be a blessing, encouragement, inspiration to you. I also want to uh, bless the Lord for what he has done. And I just want to um, say we are unprofitable servants. We didn't really accomplish much. We just did what was our duty to do. <clears throat> we were called to that work for a time. And uh, yeah, we felt God's call, God's leading. And that is what we attempted to do. So John asked me and, uh, uh, to have this topic, and he um, mentioned that he would like the focus to be an encouragement for us as congregation, us as Christians, to consider the value of serving in the foreign field. And I know this is not something that everybody can do, but... Um, if you have that opportunity, you have that call in your life, I just encourage you to go for it. <clears throat> I will also share some stories of how we observed uh, those that we ministered to and among the blessings that they experienced because of um, the gospel being preached, being lived in their communities and because of them following Jesus. So I will have a few of those stories as well. <clears throat> Some of the personal benefits that I experienced, that I felt, was the opportunity to focus on full-time ministry. And um, obviously here um, on this side, we need to work and we need to provide a living for ourselves over in Kenya I did not have a work permit I was not permitted to do business and to uh, have a job things like that but my uh, my full-time work and focus was in ministry and I found a uh, real blessing in that um, one of the verses from this morning's sermon that I really appreciated was the one that said that the things that we can see are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. And I felt like uh, this opportunity really helped me to focus on things that are eternal. Obviously, there's a challenge in returning to the life here and, uh, you know, having a full-time job and those kinds of things, the challenge is to be able to continue to focus on the things that are eternal, even though uh, there are a lot of material necessities around us as well. <clears throat> There's also a lot of opportunities to preach and to teach, and, of course, a lot of uh, study that was needed in order to do that. Uh, that was a blessing. 
One particular experience concerning teaching that I had, uh, kind of, and there was a variety of times that we were requested to come and have seminars in different places, and these requests would come through Lamp and Light. Uh, we were very, very heavily involved, uh, not me personally, but our mission was very heavily involved in the Lamp and Light Bible study courses, and these uh, courses went out all over Kenya. People would study them in their homes and then return them by mail. And, um, and then their tests would be graded, the next course sent out, and they would continue that way. So uh, the mission received a lot of requests, and uh, people would say, oh, this is new teaching. We've never, you know, we've never heard these teachings from the Bible before. Can you come to our area and have a seminar for us? So occasionally we would do that. One in particular I remember was in an area maybe an hour and a half away from where we lived. And there was a group of pastors that came together for a seminar and they asked us to come and have some teachings for them believe it was on a Saturday. And uh, so um, another missionary, uh, Dave Stolzfus and myself, went there along with a couple of natives, and we had several topics. And in the middle of that, I just got this feeling. I was like, what in the world am I doing here? I'm young. I was 30 when I went, and, um, well, being that young was another story. Going into a culture where um, age is kind of revered, respected, and young men like myself are sort of looked at cross-eyed. What experience? What do you have? What do you know? Uh, that was sort of a challenge. But anyway, I thought, I'm young. I'm not an ordained pastor, I don't have much experience, and I am here trying to teach these pastors. That was, yeah, that was an humbling and a very valuable experience. But one of the things that impressed me with that is that these men, even though they were experienced pastors for a number of years, they were hungry for additional biblical teaching. And in their time of going through the Lamp and Light courses, they realized that, um, yeah, there was, uh, the Anabaptist teaching was new and kind of different, um, non-resistance and a variety of other things. And uh, they wanted to know, they wanted to learn and grow. So that was a blessing. <clears throat> It's also a blessing to uh, experience, learn new culture and a new language and to yeah, kind of expand my horizons in that way. Um, I really, really enjoyed the Kenyan culture, even though there was aspects of it that were frustrating. Um, many aspects of it I enjoyed. And I also enjoyed trying to learn a new language 
Sometimes, in the, especially in the early years after I came back from Kenya, I kind of felt like maybe I had learned the Kenyan culture too well. And if some of you can remember, you know, being promptly on time was not my strength. And um, there were some other things that I thought maybe I had learned too well from the other culture. But anyway, <clears throat> it's good to uh, expand our horizons and, uh, yeah, spread out, learn other things. Uh, one of the things about the Kenyan culture that I felt was really powerful, very positive, was the emphasis on relationships rather than projects. And um, they're very relationship-oriented. What we get accomplished today isn't that big of a deal, but you know, our relationships, our friendships, that's what's really important. And uh, that's what they would emphasize. They were always willing to drop what they were doing if a visitor would come and they would cook a cup of chai or share some food or something and sit there for a couple hours visiting, relating together. Um, the work could get done tomorrow. So uh, that was, uh, yeah, that was valuable perspective. Another benefit was... Simply travel to faraway places. Um, I know that's not necessarily a spiritual benefit, but it was fun anyway. I got to see the Indian Ocean splash in it, and uh, we got to see Mount Kenya. Got to go to um, game parks, see elephants up close. Uh, my boys and some of my visitors thought that we were seeing them a little plenty up close. I don't know if Ryan and Tyler remember that or not. You remember that when Alan's were with us? And uh, there was an elephant pretty close, and there was something that I had dropped out of the vehicle window, and I opened my door to get this, and they were saying, ah, uh, that elephant. But uh, anyway, it was fun traveling and experiencing other places. <clears throat> this past weekend, uh, when my boys and I were hiking, we stepped off to the trail. There was a lot of other hikers on the trail that morning. We stepped off, and there's this couple coming toward us, and I noticed the man's shirt. It said, Mount Kilimanjaro. And I asked him, what do you know about Mount Kilimanjaro? That's a huge uh, flat-top mountain. It's actually an cr old crater in uh, Tanzania, which is a neighboring country to Kenya. I had gotten a glimpse of that mountain from afar one time, never got close to it. And um, when I saw that name on his shirt, I just couldn't resist asking him. And he said, well, he said, me and my wife climbed that mountain in June, just this year. So that was fun talking to them about <clears throat> Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. Another big blessing was close relationships with our fellow missionaries. And uh, when you serve together for a number of years, same people, of course there was some, uh, you know, coming and going, some uh, changeover, but uh, we still, we lived, worked very closely with the other missionaries in our compounds. We developed 
uh, quite close relationships with them. We all had the same goals and interests, and um, that was a real blessing. And, you know, we would, we, we would, yeah, we get together with our fellow missionaries so often, and even the times when we got together for social events, whether it was holidays or volleyball game in the evening or something like that, it was pretty much guaranteed that sometime us men would just be sitting around talking and watching what's going on, and we would get started talking about the events of the day and who we visited and how things went and what the challenges were that we were facing in our various churches and responsibilities. And uh, that was a real blessing. <clears throat> that aspect was also the one that uh, the loss, the loss of that is what hit me the hardest. Um, returning home. This afternoon I asked our three oldest children what some of their perspectives were and uh, some of the blessings, things that they enjoyed as well. And um, the reason is just the three oldest is because Matthew was three and a half when we came back and Craig was one and a half or almost two roughly, so they don't remember much of that, <clears throat> of that time period, but um, these are some of the things that, I'll read some of the things that my children uh, mentioned. One memory uh, that one had was um, in the van when we were coming back from an outreach afternoon of passing out tracks with a number of the church people. We'd gone to various areas Sunday afternoons sometimes, and um, one of the boys was with me this particular time, and he remembers the singing in the van on the way back from outreach. And there was two couples in particular that really loved to sing, and uh, they were going for it, and the others joined in as well. And that was, uh, that was very enjoyable. Uh, also, uh, relating to people of other cultures and races and the continuing impact of that. Um, it helped us, all of us, and even our children to have a different perspective about people of other races, colors, and cultures. And... Um, I'll give a story about that my, uh, for myself, but it was also a blessing to see that impact on our children. And um, <clears throat> I think all three of my children mentioned that, that aspect and even the way that that has shaped them and helped them to, um, to relate and interact with people of other uh, colors and cultures even today. <clears throat> the story for, uh, about myself concerning that, uh, one, one afternoon I was biking home from the Angushuda church area and uh, it was uh, maybe a 15 minute bike ride, something like that. 
And um, I went fairly close to the, air, to the little village where a friend of mine from one of our other churches lived. And uh, just biking along, I got to thinking about my friend Ken Goley. His home was just over there a bit. And um, I know some of you have heard this story before, so I'll try to keep it short. But anyway, the strangest question popped to my mind, and the question was this, is Ken Goley black? And uh, that kind of started an argument internally. And... um, My response to that, of course, was, well, of course he's black. He's Kenyan. Yes, but the question came again, is Ken Goley black? Well, absolutely. I mean, duh, what a weird question. Of course he's black. He's Kenyan. Yes, but this little voice wasn't quiet yet, wasn't quite satisfied. Yes, but I can't picture him as being black. Well, it doesn't matter how you picture him. He's black. He's Kenyan. And it was, it was a blessing to me to realize that I had become colorblind. And I did not, I couldn't picture, in my mind, trying to see his face, I could not picture him as being black. I only pictured him as being my friend, and uh, that was a, that was a blessing to to have that strange little experience. <clears throat> Another blessing, while my children uh, mentioned, was stirring an interest in missions. Uh, you know, just experiencing being in a foreign mission culture um, from a young age. You know, just helped it to seem normal and uh, helped to develop that interest. Another thing that I noticed uh, in my children was it helped them to make friends quickly with other children, uh, whether it was the, the black children at church or visitor children that would come to visit some of our fellow missionaries. Um, <clears throat> these children could be total strangers, never met them before, and in a very short time My children would be playing with them and interacting with them as though they had known them for quite a long time. So that was uh, was valuable to see. Uh, Some other things is um, some other perspectives that my children mentioned here. There's more to life than making money. Um, God's world is big. The world that we experience here in Lancaster County, here in U.S., Mennonite culture, is actually pretty small. But uh, God's world is big, and there's so much more around us. Another one, the whites or the Americans are not a superior race. Um, People around the world are just like us and also uh, help to make them, our children, more aware of needs around the world. And that's one thing I really noticed, kind of a contrast, maybe, um, not to be hard on on um, other children, you know, in school and whatever when we came back, but I really noticed that contrast between our children and some of the children around them that, um, yeah, just the perspective of 
the needs around the world was, um, was quite strong in our children, and that was a blessing. Um, one of my children gave their response in a text, so I'm just going to read some of this. I feel like it really shaped my worldview and gave me a love for other countries and cultures. It also showed me that it's possible to have friends from really diverse backgrounds, and that's something that I still benefit from today. Overall, I think it just got me out of the typical American box and gave me a peek into the reality that life is very different for very many people in the world. It helped me to see the things excuse me, help me to see that the things we have here are blessings and not something that we are entitled to. So that was some of the perspectives from our children. <clears throat> one of the things that my wife mentioned, uh, one of her good memories, is that her and a um, lady from church named Lucy, that they had privilege of expecting babies and having babies really close together, uh, probably within just a week or two of each other, something like that. Wasn't, wasn't much difference at all. And so they went through these um, experiences and stages together. And um, having young babies at the same time, that helped to, um, to draw them close and to give them a common bond. That was a blessing. <clears throat> now thinking a little bit more of um, some of what we observed in, in um, some of the benefit or blessings, I guess, some of what we observed in um, our friends around us, the church folks in Kenya. Um, one is that... Um, over time, I, I, real, I noticed, observed that um, the Kenyan culture uh, did not lend itself to fathers having a close relationship with their young children. And some of that was natural because longer ago, the father needed to be the physical protector, whether it was from wild animals or wild people. Uh, the father needed to go ahead, carry the spear, and, you know, protect his family from dangers that might come. So for him to be burdened by a young child was not practical, and that kind of um, shaped their culture. And um, during our time in Angashuda, of course, we uh, Matthew and Craig were both born there, and so they... Uh, witnessed the natural relationship that I had with my young children. And um, <clears throat> these little boys were with me a lot, whether it was in church or other places. And uh, over time, we noticed that their perspective on father's relationship with the young children changed. Uh, not long before we left Kenya, I went to visit my friend and uh, fellow member, Peter Mwangi. And he was there with his little six-month-old daughter, taking care of her in the house. His wife was out doing some other work. and He was just in the house having a fun time with his little girl. And I was so blessed 
in seeing that and uh, seeing the impact on his life. I know many of you have heard the story of Danson, and it's just hard for me to uh, avoid that story, I guess. Um, during the time that we were there, there was a situation where he beat his wife, and she left him for a period of time out of safety reasons, went back to her parents. That was a really, really tough, long situation. <clears throat> Fast forward uh, seven years. In 2016, we went back to visit, and we visited in their home, and, and that visit was definitely the highlight for us, for me, um, thinking of how they had been years ago and then being in their home and seeing a peaceful home, good relationship between Donson and his wife and even Donson and his children, and um, seeing the way that, yeah, by coming to Jesus fully, surrendering everything that he had, that um, his anger, his bitterness, the various things of the past had given way. And uh, now he was a uh, preacher of the gospel and also had the privilege of sharing the pulpit with him. And that was really an amazing experience. <clears throat> Another one I'd like to share uh, quickly, this is from the clashes that uh, happened in uh, early 08 due to the kind of botched election, the last days of 07. And um, <clears throat> yeah, there was a lot of claims of um, foul play, you know, screwing the election and all that. And uh, between the Luos and the Kikuyus, especially, because the, um, the incumbent president was Kikuyu and the, the top runner against him was a Luo man, and so those two tribes were really at odds with each other. <clears throat> this is a story from Kisumu, so I'm not acquainted personally with the persons in this story, but is what I was told is that there was a Luo man that was riding a Luo, uh, one of our CBF church members out in Kisumu. He was a Luo man. He was riding a public transportation vehicle. And they came to a checkpoint. And of course, these checkpoints weren't government. They were just tribal-based tribal and, uh, you know, locals. And um, they were checking for anybody in the vehicle that would be of the wrong tribe. And they found a Kikuyu man in there. And they pulled him out of the vehicle that he was riding. No idea why he was there. He was in a very dangerous position. Maybe he had no other choice but to risk it. But anyway, they pulled him out. They most definitely would have killed him. <clears throat> and this Luo Christian man said, no, no, you can't kill him. He's my friend. He's coming to my house. And he got him, took him to his home. And they said, okay, okay, if he's going to your house, we'll, we'll, we'll let you take him. Go ahead. They were perfect strangers. He had never, never known, never met him before. But he risked his life for a stranger from another tribe. And uh, you, have to, you have to live and know Kenyan culture, I guess, to understand the significance of that. 
but um, I was told that the general perspective is that they were Kenyans by accident. You know, they just so happened to be within the political boundaries that make up Kenya. So being a Kenyan was not a big deal. But the really big deal was what tribe they came from. And yet this man was willing to risk his life for a stranger from another tribe. And that was really an amazing story. That was because of the power of the gospel. I talked longer than I thought I would, but um, if there's anyone that has a quick word to add, I would love to hear from you. I know, yeah, there's a number of you that have experienced foreign missions as well. Yes, Mary? What about foods? foods? They had a lot of good food. Um, I didn't really go after their meats so much, but um, they had a lot of the same, a lot of the vegetables that we would, corn, beans, tomatoes, onions, peppers, um, yeah, all, pretty much all the same common vegetables to us. Now, I heard stories of people that would be served like a chicken stew, and while they were dishing out the chicken stew, they would see the chicken's head pop up in the stew, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I was privileged not to have that opportunity. Oh, <laughs> dad was served sour yogurt one time, and he didn't quite care for that. I had a sip or two, and that's about all I could handle. But um, concerning food, there, there was a missionary prayer that we were taught, I guess. And the prayer was, Lord, I'll put it down if you can just keep it there. And, um, you know, trying their foods was important. Um, if you totally refuse their food, that is, that, that's a turnoff. Um, I drank, uh, I drank, um, well, sour, or fermented uji, um, fermented porridge, um, a li- or a fairly liquid, um, you know, porridge, like a thick, a thick drink. And I was told, this is fermented uji. And I was like, ooh, boy. Here it goes. I don't know what's going to happen. But uh, I took a sip of that, and I was like, well, I had this before. But the earlier time, I wasn't told it was fermented. And I actually like the fermented uji better than the regular uji. So anyway, it's good to uh, you know, have a willingness to try strange foods. You might like them better than you think. I still wish for some of those foods. All right. Elvin's probably busting with something to say. No? Okay. Okay. You didn't try the monkey soup. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. 
You know, I, I think it's very, and I didn't mention this, but, you know, even for our children, just to have the experience of learning new foods and having an openness to new foods, I think that's something that we do well to attempt to teach our children. Um, yeah, especially in foreign cultures like that, refusing their food is, is a big deal. Um, you know, they understand if we can't eat the whole plateful, but um, we at least need to try it. We need to eat what we can. Uh, that, is, that is important. Other perspectives? Yes, Elvin. Okay. Um, Simple sayings. They had a lot more simple perspective on life than. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Need to explain it first. Yeah. Things like that, but I, uh, some of those perspectives, I learned a lot from. Mm-hmm. Very good. Thank you. All right. Thanks for your interest and uh, participation. Turn the time back to John.